This video is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creative people where millions get to explore together. Skillshare has got thousands of classes. As artists, you're going to love discovering topics in fine art, illustration, and more. Lots of Skillshare classes are under 60 minutes. With short lessons, you can fit them into the busiest of schedules. A lot of what I do at ArtProf is personal writing that reflects on my studio practice as a visual artist and educator. I decided to watch Creative Writing, Crafting Personal Essays with Impact with Roxane Gay. This class was so helpful in terms of addressing fundamental ways to connect with your audience through your writing. Roxane Gay had such an effective way of describing the writing process in nonfiction writing, using concrete specifics like exploring in-depth how to write a first draft, how to do revisions, and how to conduct research. I came away from the class having a really good sense of the bigger picture of nonfiction writing, but also understanding the specifics at the same time. The first 1,000 people to use the link in my description box will get a one-month free trial of Skillshare Premium. Hello, everybody. Today, we are doing a draw-along focusing on food illustration using colored pencil and crayon. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. What you can see I have here is a very brief line sketch that I did in advance of the live stream. And if you would like to draw along with me, I would just love that because we will be hanging out in the Discord after the live stream. And it's just so much fun to see what everybody creates. What I thought I would do is just by start blocking in some of the larger shapes that are happening. And boy, this is a absolute nightmare <laughs> as far as patterns go. And why did I pick this? <laughs> That is the question. Another thing is if you would like to access the reference photo that I am using, that is available on our Flickr page and you can download that directly from there for your own use. When I first get started, I'm just blocking in big areas of color. And you know something? I'm going to try really hard today to stay loose. I was just talking to the people in the anatomy premium track. We had a voice session just before this stream. And there I am telling everybody, loosen up. <laughs> I need to loosen up. Can't even take my own advice. Because I think if I try to evaluate some of my recent bread fairy drawings, bread fairy is my mother-in-law, in case you didn't know, I think I'm getting too tight and I think I need to pull it back. It's tricky because the images that I'm doing, they're representational, it's real life. People have to be able to look at this and know what it is that they're looking at. But at the same time though, I think because I was tightening up so much, I do think it was starting to hurt me a little bit. So that is my goal. I find it really helpful. When I first start, I just have some short-term goals. I say, hey, last time 
I was a little bit too tight. I got caught up in the details too soon. And so this time I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to make a bigger mess than I think I should. And we'll see if that works out. By the way, my webcam is just so orange. I swear to you, this is red. Okay. I know it looks orange, but it totally is red for real. <laughs> it's a problem with the technology on a live stream just isn't as good. So I'm looking at the piece right now and I did the most obvious stuff. This is pretty straightforward. Little patches of red to fill in what's happening in the background. But I'm sort of thinking I may just have to do a, a big pass of white over the whole plate. Ugh, I don't feel like I want to do that. I'm going to lose all my line sketches. But sometimes you have to sacrifice different parts in order to make everything make sense. Because layering is very important. Any color drawing material, soft pastel, colored pencil, oil pastel, layering is really important. And sometimes the layering is just a matter of quantity. Just need more. I was talking to somebody in the Patreon channels, in the Discord. I think it was Snap Sketch Snooze. And they were asking me about soft pastels. And I looked at their drawing and said, listen, it's, it's just quantity. You just need more layers. You don't have enough pigment on the surface to be able to do anything. Like there just wasn't enough. It was just a quantity issue. So tell me in the chat, are you going to draw the bread fairies monkey bread with me? This is one piece of monkey bread. <laughs> the monkey bread was this huge pot of pieces of monkey bread. This is one piece out of many. And I did post a short on my Instagram. So if you want to see the process for that, that is available. I'm not trying too hard to make things clear cut. In fact, I'm trying really hard to keep it a lot more just simple and basic. I just think, again, I've been getting way too caught up in details lately. By the way, I will be taking breaks every now and then. So that way I can look at your comments. So if you have a question, you have a comment, you can leave it in the chat and I'll scroll back up and take a look at it when I'm taking a break. But right now, this chunk of monkey bread needs my attention. Has anybody here had monkey bread? Let me know. I'd never had monkey bread until I had it at the bread fairy's house. It's like picking apples, except that the apples are donuts. <laughs> it's great. And she was so funny because she was sort of obsessing over the monkey bread and, oh, is it cooked all the way through? And so it came in and out of the oven multiple times. I mean, it goes to show no matter how much experience you have, and she's got decades, stuff can still go wonky. I mean, she put in her bare hand into the oven because a bunch of the pieces kept falling off. I was like, you're insane. <laughs> that was really scary looking. 
Okay, I'm getting too detailed. That's not good. I need to get back over here. We gotta deal with that plate. My God, this is really a problem, I think. Okay, I'm making this a little bit darker in contrast. Hopefully you can see a little bit better. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Pat says, wife got me some colored pencils for Christmas. They just arrived in the mail. So I'm drawing along. I haven't done this much with colored pencils since elementary school. That is the case with a lot of art supplies. Like I oftentimes I'm telling people, oh yeah, use crayons, use markers. And a lot of people associate those supplies with being a young child, at least in the US. But there are some pretty sophisticated markers out there, which is pretty fun. So Neil is asking, what is monkey bread? It's basically like little dough balls, okay? And then you just throw them all into this big container and then you douse it with butter and brown sugar and it gets all like crusty on the outside. It's basically like a giant pile of donuts. It's really, really good. Ginger Cell says, are the bread fairy drawings feeling boring yet or are you still enjoying the process? Oh, I love it. Because every dish that she throws at me is totally different. I mean, I picked this piece on purpose because of the crazy amount of pattern. I mean, this is way more pattern than I think I've done in any of the bread fairy drawings. But I was like, you know what? I need to tackle this because so much of her sensibility is about layers. We were just talking about that, layering patterns, layering colors, layering textures. And I feel like I'm just being a big wimp if I don't really tackle that. And it's good. I mean, she's gotten me to draw a lot of things that I ordinarily would just never take the time to do if it weren't for all of her dishes and her plates and everything. But yeah, it's challenging if you want to start a series. It is hard to find something that will sustain you for a long period of time because it is easy to get bored of things fast or to feel that things are maybe just getting repetitive and it's tricky. Tell me in the chat who here has done a series or maybe you're thinking about doing a series and how did you find your subject? Or maybe your subject found you. That was certainly the case for me. Sometimes people spend so long and they're looking far and wide for their inspiration and your inspiration is right at home sometimes. Sometimes you don't have to go anywhere to see that. All right, we got to deal with this plate, everybody. <laughs> so if I look at the image, there's actually a lot of shadow that comes across. And the brightest highlight is down here towards the bottom. So what I think I'm going to do is just a very quick, just like wipe. Just to say, hey, this is not black. That's it. And I know I'm losing all my line work. I know, I know, <laughs> but that's okay. Because the patterns 
they actually helped me figure out where to position the plate in relation to the cup in relation to the strawberries. So it was not totally a waste of time. But really, this is just big picture stuff. This is saying, hey, this is not black. That's how simple it is. I've been having a lot of discussions with some people in the Discord, especially about anatomy, because we have the track going on right now, the premium track, although we do have the free track as well. And a common concern that a lot of people are saying to me is, well, look, I'm really worried it's going to be too simple. I feel embarrassed that my drawing looks so simple. And you know something? I don't think I've ever looked at somebody's figure drawing and told them it was too simple. I think usually it's more that people tend to generalize things. They don't take the time to articulate. So it's not that it's simple. It's just that it's too generic looking. Generic and simple are two very different qualities. So that's one of the distinctions that I would definitely think about. Now, does everybody see this? This plate uh, is such a pain. It has these like little lines that match up with the edge. And so what I'm doing right now is, yeah, I'm filling this in, but I also don't want to forget about some of these lines because I'm going to get in trouble if I don't keep them in there. Or just, just to remind myself that they exist is pretty important. So I'm just tossing in a couple of these lines, not sweating too much about those edges. That's a big part of me trying to loosen up. Although these look a little bit, I think these are a little bit too big. I may have to go back in and fix some of that, but let's maybe be a little more clear about that. There, I am gonna be clear cut about the edges here because I do think that that matters, but I don't wanna lose this like pattern that's going on. You know something else? There's also all this like whipped cream <laughs> down here at the bottom. Like, should I draw the smears of whipped cream or is that just going to be really confusing? I kind of think it's going to just be confusing, but who knows? See, sometimes there's stuff I'm like, I'm not going to draw that. And then I do. So it really just depends on what's going on. So right now I would say I'm not caring about how this looks. I'm making a big mess. And I'm just making random patches of white. Sometimes I really like the beginning of a drawing because it's just so obvious what you need to do. It's like, yeah, I got to color that in. Duh. Later on, it gets way harder because you're like, oh, is it done? So sometimes I, I just enjoy how straightforward the beginning is because it's like, yep, there's nothing there. I got to color it in. There's something very satisfying about that, just knowing very obviously what needs to be done. I'm gonna to try to think about lighting, like even some of these strawberries, there's like little pockets of shadow. So I'm gonna keep that in mind as I move along. And I am so happy I found this white colored pencil because I was totally running out. And it turned out it was sitting on my desk in a jar. And now I feel so relieved. I don't have to go to the art store and buy one white colored pencil because I went through this really, really fast. A 
Alaire's says, I know this porcelain pattern. It's called Blue Onion by Meissen. If it has crossed swords in the main tree or on the back, it's by Meissen, circa late 1800s. Wow, I cannot believe you know that. That is really cool. Thank you so much. Jamie's asking, how do you decide the direction of your strokes? Do you just randomly put it down or do you have a plan? Right now, I'm being a little more random because it's so early. These are just the beginning stages. I'm doing a little bit of both, though, because you see, I did bother to put in like this pattern in the background. I think what's bad is when you just say, oh, OK, let's just color wherever. But you can see I'm sort of breaking things up a little bit. I'm keeping this. I'm trying to hold on to this like circle that's in the middle. So I'm doing a little bit of both. Some of this is just filling in, but like right now, it doesn't matter that I'm going up and down or if I'm going to the side. I think the more important thing is that you change the direction because if I went in and I did the whole thing like this, it would just be really flat. At the very least, changing up the direction, it just keeps the mark a little bit more lively and it's more likely to have variation, which I want. I mean, maybe not everybody wants that, but that's the reason why I'm doing it in different directions. Not because the plate is doing that necessarily, but just so that way I don't make a surface of white that looks too flat and too consistent. Things have flaws. Things are never as smooth as we think they are. And I think you'll find that celebrating those flaws for the most part, is a pretty good thing. All right, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to start to emphasize some of the white that's down here because that, again, I'm having trouble seeing this. I have to go in a little bit closer with my phone. Oh, I see. So that, oh, shoot, I did these the wrong way. Oh, they go the other way. Oh, I'm so stupid. It's supposed to be like this. Whoops. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> This is why um, I recommend paying attention. <laughs> okay, that's like totally wrong. Oh my god, so bad. Ah, oh, how did I? I did it right up here. It was going in the right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so dumb. This is like that moment when you're doing a figure drawing and you realize that your hands have six fingers or something like that. Happens to me all the time. Gotta stop and count. Oh, I totally screwed this up. Oh, and you know something else? It's rounder here. Shoot. Okay, this is really bad. Let's just... <laughs> but see, I think it's good that you all watched me mess that up. Because I think sometimes people are afraid that, oh, I'll never be able to fix it. And especially with colored pencils, sometimes people do have that attitude that like, oh, you can't fix it. Color pencil is so permanent. It's more flexible than you think it is. It really is. I've discovered this. I never thought it was. But then when I started using it more, I was like, wow, you really can make a lot of changes. It's surprising. Like you wouldn't think that you can. But part of that is the layering process. It's just knowing that I can go back in and layer it. It's pretty nice. Oh, man, I can't believe I totally messed <laughs> But you know what? Now is the time to make those changes. 
it gets painful when you have to make those changes late in the process and you're like almost done and you realize oh my god it's the wrong direction <laughs> by the way everybody we do have registration open for premium tracks in February and March, we are offering color, portraiture, and drawing basics. And if anybody saw the announcement, I put it on Instagram and YouTube community and in the Discord. But if there is space, there may not be, please understand that. We are going to be offering our prof scholarships so people can apply to be considered to take a premium track for free. But that's only if there's space because we have to let people register. And then once we get past the registration deadline, which is January 21st, I will take a look at the numbers and I'll see if we have any room. And actually I did write an article, I posted it on the website today. Oh, just lost a strawberry. Oh no, that's a strawberry. Oh, there we go, <laughs> okay. I wrote this article about why our premium tracks have a high tuition fee because i know we had people asking questions saying well listen there's a local art class by where i live and that local art class is 150 dollars. and why is your tuition for say a six week long class why is yours 900 and so one of the things that one of the mods said i think it was blue will spirit said that a lot of people don't realize that our online classes, it's like apples and oranges. Like we're not following the traditional online class model. And a lot of it is that there's just so much instructor and student interaction. I mean, I'm in there all day giving comments and giving people feedback. I mean, what I heard, I, I don't know if this is true all over the place, but I know another mod, I think it was Chrissy, said that they took a comics class online and that there was no critique from the instructor or the peers. I was kind of like, really? That's really an important part of teaching. In fact, tell me in the chat, who here has paid for an online class somewhere and what degree of interaction did you have with the instructors? So that link to that article, that explanation of why we have high tuition fees is linked on the premium track pages. And you can find those links in the YouTube video description below. Because another, I mean, just really simple thing is that we have two teachers in each premium track. So like Alex and I are teaching the anatomy track together. It's double the tuition because you've got two teachers. But I love it. I love teaching with the TA. I think it has really helped me a lot as an instructor to have that backup. And it's just fun. It's more fun having a TA. And I benefit from it. I think the students benefit from it. So I think the thing is, is our model for the premium tracks, it's like really close to art school. And I don't think a lot of online classes have that model. We, we really are creating something that is very comparable to art school. So that, that's where I think maybe the confusion lies that people 
think it's the same thing as most online classes when really it's not. It's very, very different. Ginger Cell says, do online community college classes count? Sure. Just to tell me about remote learning and the experience that people have had, because from what I've seen, the range is really wide. <laughs> and more often than not, unfortunately, a lot of it is just not very good because a lot of the teachers just don't have the experience with tech that you need to teach remotely. It's a lot. Hey, Scott, thank you for stopping by and saying hello. I'm no C. I'm so glad to see you here. Alaire says, I just up my Patreon to 200, not 200, sorry, $20 a month because I want to support keeping ArtProf open access. The freedom to pursue knowledge is so important regardless of socioeconomic class. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the revenue that we're going to get from the premium tracks, it goes right back to the free content that we produce. So not uh, taking any trips to Hawaii anytime soon. <laughs> this is absolutely to make it possible for us to make free content. And so actually, if you are somebody who ends up enrolling in a premium track, not only are you getting the premium track experience, but you're helping the whole community by doing that because you're providing the revenue that we need to make that happen. But that's another reason we're excited about the scholarships that we can hopefully provide that because it is really nice to give people that opportunity. I mean, I don't know that a lot of do online places have scholarships like that where you can apply to take a class for free? I'm not sure. Maybe they have like coupon discounts. I haven't really seen a lot of that. But yeah, I mean, the model that I want, it, it's so much more like art school. It's, I mean, that's what I know. <laughs> like my experience as a teacher is in art school. So duh, yeah, I am going to run it like that. But I just think that a lot of the other platforms, I mean, I guess the thought with a lot of the online platforms is, well, you just make the video content once and then people just keep watching it. But I mean, the part that's a lot of work is the interaction. So like us going in there and providing critiques in the Discord, having the live voice sessions, like that's a lot of work, which I guess is why a lot of people don't do it. <laughs> so there we go. It makes sense, right? Oh, this pattern is going to kick my butt. Sheesh, she is making my life really challenging. And by the way, for anybody who's on TikTok, there's a Red Fairy TikTok now. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's Red Fairy Art. I thought about doing a separate YouTube channel for the Red Fairy. Not so much because I don't think it should be on ArtProf, because obviously it is but more because I just wanted the bread fairy to have its own place because right now it lives on my Instagram. It lives on the art prof YouTube. And I thought, you know what? I don't have the mind space to like start a new YouTube channel. Like that just hurts my head to think about that. 
And I thought, you know, TikTok, I could do that. I could just have that be the bread fairies place. And then of course, keep pushing it on other platforms. But I don't know, that felt good because bread fairy wasn't really a thing. And now it sort of is. And I, I want it to have its own space. And so that felt really good to do. I mean, it's getting like no traction, which is fine. I don't care. I just wanted to put it somewhere and that felt great. Okay, I'm going to start, I guess I do need more red. I just want to put in some of the highlights here because they're these like crazy white highlights and they just help establish the mood a little bit because this is really bright. And here I'm just putting down white, not because I want it to be white, but because I need a solid foundation of pigment on the page so that I can then go back in and adjust the color. So the purpose of the white here, it's not for color. It's just to like build up a layer. And same thing here. I think a lot of what I do in the beginning is like reminders, like remind myself that something is there. Ginger Cell says, I had access to my teacher from seven to 10. He gave us all his phone number. It wasn't that good because he really struggled to teach online. Most teachers did because they were just thrown into it with no preparation, which I do not envy. It was really hard. That said, though, I think there were a lot of people who really just did not want to learn new stuff, which is ironic coming from a group of teachers. You'd think that if anyone is going to see the value of learning new things, it would be a group of teachers. But I did a lot of training for faculty at various school districts and colleges. And wow, some of those people did not want to learn anything new. And I was like, oh, you guys, please just, it's not that bad. <laughs> So Bicycle Lady is asking whether I ever activate the colored pencils after putting on a base layer. I haven't. I probably should try it at some point. But this particular technique that I've been working on with the Bread Fairy, I haven't wanted to introduce water because the layering is so dramatic that I guess I would just worry that I would lose a lot of the buildup of colors which for me is very important. Yeah, they just happen to be watercolor pencils. I mean, I totally could just use regular pencils. Ripple of Aqua says, it's sad you have to justify being paid for an experience with a teacher. I feel so grateful that the majority of art prof is free on YouTube. Well, I get it. I mean, if you typically see an online class as being $150, and then you see one that's listed as 900, you go, whoa, back up. What's going on here? I mean, $900, that's an investment for six weeks. I know that not everybody can afford that. Most people cannot. But a big part of it is just that the classes are really small. There's only six people. And at least when I was at RISD, my freshman drawing classes had 20 students. And so I would say in a six hour long class, I would probably talk to each student maybe twice during that six hour class. 
for about five or 10 minutes at a time, it's not very much. I mean, I would critique their work, but I mean like one-on-one. -on -one. And then when I was at RISD, of course, because it was in person, we didn't have any interaction in between the voice sessions because my assumption was that, oh, everything important is going to happen during the voice session, but that's not true. We have so much happening in between that is really, really nice and provides a lot of continuity. Crispy Paintbrush says, what colored pencils are you using? What pencils would you recommend for a cheap but good mid-range colored pencil? Well, this brand that I'm using, this is Faber-Castell. This is their Albert Durer Magnus. And so these are like really chunky colored pencils. And I love these because when you're just trying to fill a big area, it's much faster. But they also have these regular ones. These are also Albert Durer. They're just thinner. So I like these a lot. I mean, it really depends because people have such different taste for colored pencils. Because, you know, something for the longest time, I was like, oh, Prismacolor, that's my favorite brand because their colored pencils are so soft. And that, that was my thinking for a long time. And now I'm like, ooh, they're too soft. It's all crumbly and I, I don't like them. These are a little bit harder, but they're not too hard. Like actually I have a couple of these in here. I was running out of white. So I just had some of these Tombow Eero G10 colored pencils. And these are for me too hard. I don't like how stiff they are, but I was using them because I ran out of this other color. So yeah, a lot of it's personal preference. So when people say to me, oh, what is the best brand? I'm like, I don't really know because it depends on your preference. Some people really like the hard ones because they like having more control, but I don't. I think that they're a little bit hard for me to work with. Depends on the person. I mean, I feel bad. I feel like a lot of the times people ask me stuff and I'm like, it depends. <laughs> like That's the answer for like everything. Everything is so specific to the person, to the situation. And that's why blanket advice, especially for art, it, it just does not work that well. There are some general things you can discuss, but yeah, it's really depends on the person and their situation. I, I know that more and more every day. Ayane says, you know, that reminds me of an online class I took where this lady was so aloof with the online classes that she didn't even grade my work until one week after the term ended. Yikes. That is not good. That's really frustrating. And, you know, especially as a student, you, you want stuff to get done. And when that doesn't happen, it really stinks. So sorry you had that experience. Yeah, and this is a good point also from Seven Angelic. It's hard when you have to gamble with education to pay huge amounts and you have no idea what you're going to get and have to, no way to change that. Yeah, well, um, one of the things that a lot of people have been doing with us is hanging out with us in the Discord. And so a lot of the people who have registered for the premium tracks already had had voice interaction with us in the Discord. And like, that totally makes sense to me. Like, I don't think I would sign up for some random online class if I like didn't know the instructor or wasn't confident that 
I could have a good relationship with them. So I get it. I don't mind that I need to explain that. Um, but I just think that the model we have, it just is not what a lot of people are accustomed to seeing. Jazz says, painting classes were so full in person, 30 to 35 people, no space to stand back from your easel to look at your painting. Oh my gosh, that's huge. I would die if I had to teach a class of 35 people for painting. Oh my God. And Ayane says, also the instructor kept on changing stuff like the day before it was due. People kept missing out on stuff because she would change something at seven o'clock at night. Oh, yikes. Actually, you know what I think is really not good is, I think this happened to my kid, which is teachers would make things due like midnight. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. I, I think you should make it earlier because it's like you you know all the students are gonna do it at the last minute and then it's like something crashes it just makes it so much worse or another thing actually is if you make the deadline eight o'clock in the morning that's also not good because it's just a big temptation for people to stay up all night so they can work on their assignments and so it is better i found if you have a specific time you want something do do it like in the middle of the day when you're not tempting people to stay up all night which, which college students will do trust me i was one myself i understand that ginger cell says i always just want to compliment everyone in the discord but i don't know if it's very helpful oh it is ginger cell i forget who said it in the discord it might have been lisa who said that the two top issues, I, maybe there was an article or something, but one of the issues was feeling like nobody sees you, feeling invisible. And so I think when you give somebody a compliment, you're not just giving them a compliment, you're saying, I see you, I see you as an artist. And I think that there are probably a lot of artists if they don't have a significant following do feel invisible. It's a rotten feeling. Tell me in the chat, who here as an artist at any point, have you really just felt invisible? Like nobody was listening or paying attention to you. It's a terrible feeling. So that's one thing we try to do in the discord is we really try to make people feel seen because that's very important. And the mods, a bunch of them are in the chat right now. I see blue will spirit is in there. Um, you know, we work hard to make sure people are seen and we try to pick up the slack if somebody doesn't get any response. I mean, it just sucks. It's like when you go online and you make a comment and nobody says anything, it, like it makes me never want to comment again. And so we try to not let that happen in our discord. All right. I think it's time to get in some of these shapes, although I'm not feeling hot. <laughs> about this I mean I'm not gonna I just started I just want to place some of these just simple shapes like I'm not even gonna bother with the leaves or anything or the like swirly stuff I just want to say okay there's a shape there's a shape there's a shape and those are sort of like anchors for the pattern so I'm just gonna knock these in real quick and I know they look really sloppy and bad but remember one of my goals was to loosen up. 
Emmy says there's that old adage too. Many of us assume we're doing everything wrong with our art and we need people to tell us when we're doing something right. Exactly. I mean, I know as a teacher, when I first started teaching, you're, you're so unsure because you have no experience <laughs> how to teach the class. And it's like a lot of the students would die before they tell you what they really think. And so I remember I relied so much on my course evaluations later on to realize, oh, did that lesson work? Did I do a bad job of this? So yeah. On the other hand, I also wanted to know, hey, what did I do that actually worked? Because if it's not working, I don't want to keep doing it. But sometimes I don't know if it works. <laughs> it's really hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. So like here, there's all these nuances to this, but I'm just trying to say, hey, there's a big blue shape here. That's about as specific as I'm going to get. And that should help a little bit. Stoke Motion says, what other career path would you have chosen if it wasn't art? Oh, I totally would have been a chef in a heartbeat. Yes, absolutely. It's similar. It's all the dangerous tools and supplies and color and oh my god I would have loved it or I know what I would have been I would have been an NPR host <laughs> that would have been the other thing I actually think I would be pretty good at that <laughs> although I think it's I just want to meet Ari Shapiro on all things considered <laughs> although there's been a lot of drama over at NPR because Audie Cornish, who is a black female journalist quit. And I think there were like three other women of color who also quit this year. I think it was like Noelle King, Lulu Garcia Navarro. And so there's all this, people are very angry and saying like, oh, what's wrong with NPR? And how come they're not retaining women journalists of color? So yeah, I mean, it's usually not a coincidence. That's all I can say. <laughs> Amanda says your voice is too energetic for NPR. That's true. I don't have the like soothing. I, I bet Alex Rowe could do it. Alex Rowe could totally be that like soothing NPR voice. Yes, that's true. Okay, let's just say radio. How about that? <laughs> Maybe that's better. And we have a comment here, just lost it. Here it is. Brian says, what do you do about jealousy? Sometimes I'll see an artist who is 12 years old but draws better than I do at 40. I get a little jealous, but feel terrible what to do. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started, Brian. Oh my God, I am the worst about that. And honestly, I wish I had a solution for those feelings of jealousy. The thing I would say is that if you're doing art at a later time in your life, because there's a lot of people here, actually tell me if you're one of these people who, you know, maybe you did art in high school or something, you liked it, but then you ended up doing other things, maybe another career, had kids, all that. 
Um, but then I know a lot of people, once they retire or are in a different situation, are able to get back to the art. And I think it is very common to be like, oh my God, all these 18 year olds, they're better than I am. What hope do I ever have? Well, I can tell you, skill is not everything. There are a lot of young kids who draw exceptionally well, who can do crazy amount of detail and photorealistic rendering, but that's not the whole package of being an artist. A lot of being an artist is what do you want to say? How do you say it? And honestly, older folks, you all have decades of life experience, which honestly, I'm sorry, 18 year olds is way more interesting <laughs> than a lot of the stories people it's just a fact of life. I mean, you just have more experience with life. And my favorite example, Jordan always brings up Steven Hillenberg, who started SpongeBob, created SpongeBob, and he was a marine biologist. I don't think it's an accident that SpongeBob lives in the ocean. <laughs> and it's like he was able to do that because of his prior experience as a marine biologist. So don't ever be embarrassed about having another career because I, I think it's fascinating. I love it. I think it's amazing when people are able to have multiple acts in their life. I think it's really fun. Amanda says, started my MFA application yesterday. Art Prof inspired me. Wow. Well, that's very exciting, Amanda. I hope that your application process goes well. Yeah, so getting back to jealousy. Sorry, I just realized I didn't really answer your question. I mean, I do this terrible thing. If I get depressed, which I sort of have been more lately than usual, I do this thing where I just torture myself and I go online. This is my confession. And I look up people whose art careers are better than mine, who whose art careers I'm jealous of just to like punish my, it's terrible. It's such a bad habit. And it's like, I know it's terrible for me to do that. I know I don't bet. I do it anyway. I can't help it. It's so bad. I guess it's like, I don't know. You Google your high school friend who traumatized you and gloat a little bit that your husband is hotter than theirs. I don't know. It's like, whatever, but it's sort of like the art version of that. I don't know. I guess I don't have a solution for you, Brian. I just think maybe the way to think about it is that everybody has that. And it doesn't matter what degree of accomplishment you have. Like actually, this is not an artist, but one of my friends who's in academia, she said she had this friend who was just like so upset about their career and they felt that it was stalling. And then the next year they won a MacArthur grant. It's like, okay, you don't get to complain anymore. <laughs> You just got awarded $625,000 from the MacArthur Foundation. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, that is a mess. That's fine. You know, one thing I like about these live streams is because they're live streams. And I know this is just like a teaching experience. I'm like, you know, it's okay if the drawing looks like crap. It's fine. Because then I can just teach the lesson that you have to make crappy drawings. You really, really do. <laughs> Trent.
Trent says, I think working at a job in the real world as an adult also gives you lots of self-discipline and planning skills that are very beneficial to art. Absolutely. I mean, some of these projects that I've taken on as an artist, they take a lot of focus and skill and, and being able to work with people and to be flexible. And when you're 18, you don't have that. You just don't. That is not something you can learn or teach yourself. You have to just experience it. And so if you're older and you're looking at those 17-year-olds who can, quote, draw better than you, you got a lot to offer that you earned. I, I suspect that a lot of you logged your time. You paid your dues in a lot of situations. So see the value of that. Because you know what? Here's my feeling about skill. Like a lot of people say, oh, I wish I could draw better and I want to get better at painting. And that's great. But you know what? You will. If you practice, if you work hard, you will. That's the way it's going to be. But the other stuff, having a story to tell, making your work accessible to people, making it interesting, that is not a given. No way. That is not something that everybody can have. And I, I will tell you, there's a lot of people who are very skilled, but who don't have anything really that interesting to say. And so consequently, their work doesn't get a lot of traction. And I know a lot of people, like maybe their drawing technique is okay, not amazing, but because they have something very important to say or to express, people want to hear it. It's sort of like this. Think about it this way. Have you ever watched a video on YouTube and the tech wasn't that good? Like, let's say the lighting wasn't very good or something was out of focus or maybe the camera was a little shaky, you know, something like that. Okay. But if the person in the video is compelling and they have something good to say or they're, they're giving you the information you need, you don't care. You're like, oh, yeah, so what? This video gave me exactly what I wanted. Like the other day I was looking up on Premiere. I had this glitch and I looked it up on YouTube and boom, I found the answer. And I was not thinking, oh, his camera angle. I was just like, Do, does that have the information I need? So it's not all technique. I mean, I know a video tutorial is not quite the same thing, but um, I think it just goes to show that yeah, technique is valuable, but it's not everything, not even close. It's just one piece of the package. So if you think about it that way, maybe it'll feel less like it's a shortcoming you have. It's just, you know, people have different sets of skills. Like, I never thought I was very good at color. Lauren is much better at color than I am. And I really had to work hard at color. It wasn't easy for me. And I still don't think I'm that great at it, but I'm decent because I worked at it for a long time. Mukandangri says, keeping a journal and an outline will help you with organization. Do it in pencil. That way you feel more flexible. I mean, whatever works. I think it really depends on the person, but journaling is great. Just a, a place you can just dump stuff, I think is always a good thing. 
Crispy Paintbrush says, what's your favorite thing to cook? What's your favorite meal? I'm making some salmon and asparagus. Oh, that sounds so good. I love salmon. Salmon is so good. Well, what's my favorite dish? I do like fish a lot. And I have this swordfish recipe that my mom has that has like miso and ginger and scallion. And that is really good. She also has this corn and chicken soup. It's sort of like traditional Chinese soup. That's so simple. It takes like 10 minutes to make. I guess I like the stuff that takes 10 minutes to make. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on. There's a million things. I, I just really like eating. <laughs> Emily says, sometimes when I see other people making art, I wish I'd made, I try to ask myself what it is about their style that I like and what I could learn from or emulate from it. That's great. Thank you for giving a better answer <laughs> to Brian than I did, Emily, because then, yeah, you can use it as an experience to learn and grow from. So that, that's a good positive spin. That, that sounds like an Alex Rowe answer. I'm like, I want to conquer the world. Alex is like, I want to see things positively. I'm like, you're such a good person. <laughs> Anna says, I've had to scale back on Instagram because looking at more successful peers makes me feel like a failure. My mental health is a little fragile because of this. Oh my God, me. Yes. I think we all feel that way. And I feel dumb because I feel fortunate that I do have a pretty significant following now. And yet I still worry about it. You see, it's like all of this stuff, it doesn't really go away. And that's why I do think it's important for us to come up with like coping mechanisms so we can like figure out like how do we deal with this long term? That's what's really hard. Okay, so what I'm going to do now, let's just blend a little bit of Prussian blue just to show a little bit of where the shadows are coming from. And that monkey bread is very sad. So I think at the very least, I need to get in just more colors. It's just way too black right now. So let's just fill that in. I mean, I think I am fulfilling my desire to make a messier, <laughs> more stressed drawing. It, it kind of is a wreck, but I'm just ignoring that right now. <laughs> I mean, this texture is not going to be easy. I'm going to have to come back to it later when I've been able to step away. Oh, and actually, you know what I should do? I should do a pass of red. I should do like a glaze of red because you see, I used the same white colored pencil on the plate as I did back here, but they really shouldn't be that similar. So I'm going to take a red and I'm just going to do like a very light pass of red over the entire white crayon part in the background because really I need to separate the plate. I can't have the plate like blending into the background. So yes, I know this is a mess, but I'm just trying to say this is not a plate. <laughs> it's not a lot of nuance in the beginning of a lot of drawings. You're just trying to make sure things are really blunt and clear, at least in the beginning, because like I have this white, teacup 
in the upper right hand corner, but it's like melting into the cloth, which I definitely do not want. So yeah. Rin Jeff says, I try not to envy anyone's artwork. I enjoy it for what it is, but I'm harder on myself than my photography and other photographers. Yeah, it's like, I know what I quote, should do. I just don't do it. <laughs> and I know what I shouldn't do and I do it anyway. I mean, I think a lot of it is just, we wanna know we're not the only ones that feel that way. Cause that's what makes it, feel crappy is to feel like, oh my God, I'm the only person that's that crazy. No, you're not. We all are. Serendipity says how I love Prussian blue and paints and in pencils, always a sucker for the blues. You know, what's funny. I wasn't sold on Prussian blue when it came to painting. I don't know, it was a little bit sharp. I don't know, I'm an ultramarine girl, so it could be just I'm so used to ultramarine that the Prussian blue felt like too much, but I really like the Prussian blue colored pencil. I'm a fan, but only when it's a colored pencil. Mel is asking, how have you liked living in Utah? Oh, I love it. It's so, easy <laughs> because if you're used to living in a fairly big city it's, it's like since we moved to utah i've not paid for parking like once which is insane because you know if you grow up in the boston area you pay for parking everywhere even just driving down the street locally you'd have to pay for parking and i'm like this is a miracle I mean, I used to get stressed about like where I was going to park. I don't have to worry about that now. I'm like, I just know there's going to be parking. So I don't know, just like silly, simple things like that. The drivers are not out to kill you. And I love looking at how the mountains change every day. Like the lighting changes, the clouds change. Like I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, I, I really love it. It's great. It's nice because... You know, I had been to Utah before, but, you know, living in a place is very different than visiting. And you start to see parts of the city that maybe you just didn't pick up on before. So that's been a really nice change. Contemporary Sumera says, I think if you can provide value with the personable personality. It's a win. People generally like nice people first. And yes, technique counts too. But imagine value being provided by someone rude. Oh, it would never happen. I mean, think about all the celebrity chefs. There's a million of them. But I don't think people are watching Bobby Flay because he cuts a chicken better than somebody else. I think it's the personality. I think people... I mean, think about Gordon Ramsay. Like his whole shtick is being this hard ass in the kitchen. That's what people show up for. It's not because he's better at cutting garlic. I mean, I'm sure he's better at it than I am, but I'm just saying to a certain degree. That's what it comes down to. 
And I know some artists who are so lovely and wonderful to work with that you just will work with them for that reason. <laughs> it's great. Thank you so much for the super sticker, Anna. Who says, oil pastel is my favorite drawing medium. Love to see a bread fairy stream. Thank you so much. What was that? Says if there's one thing Clara taught me, it's just going in and trusting the process. I don't know that I trust it <laughs> as much as I, I just think it's fruitless to stress about how is it going to come out? Is it going to be good? Am I going to do I, I don't know. I never know. <laughs> so why stress when I just know that that is not going to help? Dennis says, it's 5 a.m. in Germany, but I love these live drawings with the bread fairy. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I think it's extraordinary that we have people from all over the world watching live. Pat says, today my five-year-old was coloring with the worst garbage crayons <laughs> restaurant. Oh, I know what you're talking about, Pat. Yeah, those are bad. They make Crayola crayons feel like a Michelin star restaurant. But was saying he was using phthalo blue, sap green, and lizard crimson. We've been watching <laughs> Oh, my God. I love that. That's fantastic. Amazing. I hope you will all join me in the ArtProf Discord. I will be hanging out in the post live streams channel and it would be lovely to see you there. Share with me any artwork you are making. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. We have a new supporter, Amanda Norris. Thank you so much for supporting ArtProf so we can keep our content 100% free. And look at this, we've got a new chart I had so much fun in Google Slides putting this together so we can look at our Patreon progress. It's bumming when we dipped under 4,000 and we dipped again. So guys, we have to go up. <laughs> we want this graph to go up. We don't want it to go down. So please consider supporting our prof on Patreon so we can keep giving you the free content that we want to share with you and make it accessible for everybody. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.